Welcome to the Connor Churlin podcast, where I, Connor Churlin, meet up with a musician, ask what makes them tick, learns what spurs on their songs, and then ask them to play a couple for us. On today's podcast, we have Will Bremen. Will is incredibly talented, long-term friend of mine. I met him maybe seven years ago now, which is crazy. Um, he continues to learn and learn and get better and better, and uh, he is an incredible person to learn from. And I hope you really enjoy. Good to see you. Sweet. Man. How's your day going? Uh, it's been slow, mostly school, but you know, working through it. Yeah. Uh, what what schoolwork are you doing right now? Um, uh, for uh, this is my second semester uh, doing my master's program, so it's mostly uh, vocal technique stuff, like a lot of opera. Yeah. So um, this has been kind of remedial. So today, for example, is like just kind of going back into music history, music theory that I didn't take when I was an undergrad because I didn't major in music. So right. it's all helpful. Yeah. So, you, I mean, I would love to talk about law in a little bit, but because uh, that is what you majored in originally, right? Um, close. I majored in business and economics and okay. then I went to law school afterwards. Okay, geez, so much education. It's amazing. Um, so when you're talking about vocal techniques for like the school that you're in right now with opera, like what 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 does that even mean? Well, what it means here is it's just learning um, how to be a vocal teacher. Mm-hmm. For me, um, learning how to perform in that style, uh, which is something that I only started really getting into. Uh, when I was in college, because growing up, um, what I was a I was a contemporary singer, and uh, I still am. When I'm when I'm out playing shows right. and stuff, I'm not over there like Conte <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, going into it, you know, um, it's one of those things. Like when I when I majored in business, when I major when I uh, did that in college. The whole thing there was to, one, I guess, keep the folks happy, you know, so that they know that I will ultimately find myself in a job that pays and that they don't have to worry about me. Right. But also, like, it's kind of the idea of having a backup plan and um, uh, in a way kind of just like finding ways to add value. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, It's it's sort of like the idea of just never stop learning because when... When you're learning new skills, especially in a pandemic and stuff, when uh, live music is no longer a thing, you you find other ways to add value and therefore continue making like a stream of income. Right. And so for me, uh, doing this master's program um, will just kind of give me, you know, something to do um, while I'm continuing to work on being a singer songwriter, you know. Right. And so if that doesn't necessarily work out, at least I can go into another passion of mine, which is teaching. Really? Okay, cool. So you do you have interest in being a vocal teacher? I have interest in being a music teacher. Oh, just um, in general? I mean, you know, because uh, it's one thing to learn how to teach people to sing, but I mean, uh, for the last few years, I've also, you know, been teaching guitar, been teaching kind of the instruments that I've taught myself, you know, right. and it's sort of the idea of like, to him who's given much is also expected much. So, you sure. know, in learning that stuff and in trying to get good at it, I might as well... Uh, share that that knowledge and share those experiences and share that wealth with others, you know? Totally. 
I would love to hear, I mean, so many people feel like opera is like super different from singer-songwriting, but like some of the operatic pieces you're learning like have some emotions that like singer-songwriter genres just don't typically get to do. They like, they'll, they'll do vocal runs or they'll like put melodies together that other genres don't get. So like, do you, do, do, have you come across specific lines that have really inspired you? And like, what, what have some of those lines been? Oh man. Um, I feel, I've noticed that in studying it and in, um, trying to improve at it, um, in a way, both sides of, um, the, of that have kind of helped refine each other in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the way that I approach doing contemporary music has in a way kind of honed in how I approach doing opera and vice versa. Like if I'm doing a vocal run, um, just kind of, you know, just playing something that I wrote or, you know, where it's like super soulful, you know, right. Um, I've noticed that that's been getting more accurate because of me doing something like, um, from, from an aria that I've been uh, working on, um, from, uh, Mozart, uh, there's a part, um, where uh, the singer's going like, Soltri, lo solo. And, you know, it's, it's wow, working yeah. out the voice in, in different ways that yeah. um, it's not necessarily used to and that I'm not necessarily used to. Yeah. So I figure it's just kind of creating a more well-rounded instrument in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting, like that, that kind of e the e like that kind of right. like punchiness in a, in a, yeah, it is like a run, but most runs go like up by steps and then down by steps and then like, right rather than just like back and forth with like a, yeah, that's, that's a very cool, that's a very cool mm-hmm. line. Um, cool. What, like one of the things I've I've always struggled with is like gaining a vibrato like as someone who's clearly well developed it uh both within school but you I feel like you had it prior to that as well like someone who's just like trying to develop a vibrato how how would you get them to start Ah oh, oh wow that's a that's a wonderful question Um that's a tough one for me to answer because um I feel like I've been singing for so long that it was something that just kind of came naturally to me when I was really, really young. Once someone finally showed me what it was, I just kind of emulated it. Sure. But like, I guess to practice it now, because there are so many different ways you can um, control your vibrato, you know, and it depends on the song. It depends on the mood. It depends on uh, a lot of factors. But I think the way to start that is just to make sure that, one, you can just sing a note on pitch. Um, mm-hmm. It's like playing a G, you know, just, ah, you know, just doing that. And then slowly but surely, uh, intentionally kind of manipulating the pitch so that it's like, ah. And then after a while, it's sort of like it becomes so natural that you don't think about it. Um, violin players... Um, kind of have to do that when they're uh, when they're going through vibrato on their instrument mm-hmm. where they have to really intentionally move their wrist and then mm-hmm. over a period of time it just becomes so natural that you know you don't really think about it it's like doing um, a note on guitar you know uh, for a long time I just had to figure out just how to do 
you know, and yeah. then over time it just became a natural thing that you incorporate. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I. I mean, you. You always hope. I mean, I always hope that there's like some sort of silver silver bullet to like learn something, and then it. I'm always like <laughs> slightly uh, deflated when the answer is uh, learn it slow. And then, right. <laughs> and then pick up. Well, I, it's it's just because it's so monotonous over time. Right. We we want to just do the thing, and um, we don't realize how much work it takes to kind of get to that point. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. I, I when I'm playing shows, and tell me if you experience this too. You know, you you see these people that come up and are just like so flabbergasted, so enamored with right. um with uh, what you're putting out, and they're just like, I just wish I could do something like that, but I just right. never. I just never had the ear for it. And I'm always the person who's just like, oh, I just practiced. Right. You know, it, it's to, that there's really not a secret to it. It's just taking that time to intentionally work those things out. And eventually, you know, with time and with intentional like drilling on it, um, it, it eventually leads to that goal. And it takes sometimes a long time, you know. Yeah. I'm still trying to control my vibrato in certain cases because, you know, uh, it it doesn't make sense in certain contexts. I'm I'm aware mm-hmm. of that now having like trying to study opera from various um points in time. Like when mm-hmm. opera was started in um in uh the composer Monteverdi's time, which is like near the Renaissance, near the Baroque era, they approached vibrato differently from how you would hear it in a Puccini aria later on down the line, you know? You know, it's always kind of just uh, back to that point of just always like learning how to um, or just being intentional in uh, in practicing, you know? Yeah. Can you do a, a quick example of like how some vibratos differ? Like clearly there's like the fast vibrato then there's the like more like languid, slow vibrato. Um, like w- when you're when you're talking about those two different people, like w- what did that sound like? I mean, um, also, I'm totally hmm. putting on if you on the spot. So if, if you're like, no, I can't give an example. That's totally fine. Um, I, I'm thinking of this thing I saw on YouTube uh, of uh, Monteverdi's first. Uh, th- this is the the piece that created the genre of opera, uh, his um, his opera called uh, Orfeo. And uh, the whole opera is based on the uh, the Greek tragedy of uh, Orfeo, Orpheus and uh, Eurydice. If you know what, if you know what that no. is, uh, the idea it's, um, where Orfeo, Orfeo, uh, falls in love with Eurydice. They get married. She ends up getting bitten by a snake and dies. And he convinces his way into Hades to try and rescue her. And, um, the only catch is, uh, that he can't look at her as she's bringing, as she's bringing her back, uh, into the realm of the living and of course, he 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 can't do that. He has to look at his bride, and then she ends up falling back into into Hades. Okay. Um, but um, the the character Orfeo is a uh, is a known musician, you know, and well, um, let's see. That's kind of beside the point, you know. But uh, but I love something that, that you would probably so I'm all hear. About it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a uh, one particular um, aria, one particular piece that he sings that um, I remember seeing the guy who did this on YouTube, and he controlled it so well, where it's like this. Um... Ah, like like wow, going in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Um, 
and it just worked it just worked for what it was you know yeah. whereas it wasn't necessarily as um intentional going into um later centuries mainly due to the focus shifting from the uh, drama behind a piece behind an opera to more the virtuosity of the singers behind it hmm. you know that's interesting um and 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 that in a way that's kind of how we've perceived opera um going into um now going into the present time you know we don't think of um we don't think necessarily of Bizet's Carmen we don't necessarily think of Puccini's um La Boheme but we do know uh we do know the Italian tenors you know what i mean we know who Pavarotti mm. is right mm. because these are just such giants um uh, when it comes to singing sure that we focus on them and not necessarily on the plot line on uh, the drama behind it so yeah. uh, when it comes to vibrato you know technique was uh was obviously favored but it wasn't um used in a way to advance the plot as much interesting so so you don't hear as much variation on it you just hear um singers going into it um you know like it, there isn't much variation if yeah that makes sense that's interesting that's interesting um Back to something you said earlier, you mentioned how people come up to you after a show and they're like, wow, you're so talented, I can't believe it. I could never, like in a million, I could never. Um, and and clearly you do like have a ton of talent, but also, I and I think um, like your lifetime will, will prove more importantly, like you are an incredibly hard worker and lifelong learner, which you already said. Um, and like that all has to do with a lot of practice, but it also like, what got you into like so much learning? Cause I know a lot of people who like after college were like, cool, all done. And uh, like, are your parents teachers or like how? how I mean, I, go? well, first up, thank you. And I, I feel like I see the same sort of stuff in what you do, you know, you. um, for those who don't know, for those listening to this, we kind of do something similar when we're performing, which is uh, we live loop, but we do it in our own separate ways, you know? And I think, I know for me, when I started out, you know, one of the big inspirations there was watching you do it, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but, uh, back to that point, um, or I guess back to that question, uh, I think for me, uh, my parents, you know, they, they encouraged me after a long, after a while to just kind of pursue what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And, um. For those who don't know, I, uh, I grew up and I, I live with uh, being high-functioning autistic, um, living with uh, Asperger's syndrome, although I think uh, the powers that be kind of changed uh, the names to that so uh, that it re represents levels of uh, functionality when it comes to autism. And um, what, that l yeah, what that leads to uh, for me is having very limited interests. You know, I don't have a lot of hobbies outside of, uh, playing music. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, uh, the, the harder part of that is, uh, I always grew up kind of socially awkward. Uh, it was hard to make friends growing up and it's still kind of an issue, you know, due to not necessarily being able to grasp social cues as clearly, you know? Um, so what that means in mm. the long term is that I've spent a lot of time just kind of by myself, bored out of my mind. 
And so uh, what do I want to do to resolve that? Of course, I'm going to go to playing music and kind of um, trying to find a way to um, express myself creatively. And that's what music kind of became for me. Yeah. You know, just a means to um, express myself in a way that doesn't necessarily come as naturally to me as someone who may be neurotypical. Sure. Sure. Can you give an example of a song that you feel like uh, was able to express something that you maybe didn't have the ability to say, just normal speech? Ah. I feel like a lot of my writing is uh, has gone that way, you know. But mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of the songs that I write, um, I tend to uh, nowadays... Um, just kind of write out all of my emotions, just spend like an hour just writing pages and pages and pages of what I'm feeling and what I want to try and incorporate into a song, Mm -hmm. um, incorporate into a concept. And then it's sort of the, um, afterwards, it's sort of the act of like distilling that down into the most, I guess, important and I guess, depth filled points. Um, one that I, uh, that I do that well on is uh, one of my songs on um, the record I put out in 2019 called Quiet, where it's Mm -hmm. uh, basically just kind of me exploring this notion of um, getting out of college, um, kind of dealing with the emotions of watching a lot of my friends um, move on with their lives, get married, start families, and um, me just kind of staying single for a long time and just kind of working through that and trying to figure out what the next step is, right? you know, cause, cause there's a lot there. And, um, when you think about that by itself, for me, it can be a bit overwhelming and a little bit overstimulating, but writing all of those feelings out and then distilling it down into just kind of more, uh, straightforward points, you know, has been really therapeutic. Cool. Um, I also love that song. Would you mind playing it? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So for those wondering, this is off my record, the Santa Barbara Soul Music EP. I put this out in March of 2019. Crazy that it is almost two years old. They grow up so fast. Um, Let me make sure I'm in tune. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this one's a fun one. Um, Let me get the lyrics up just in case. (laughs) No worries. All right, here we go. This one's called Quiet. It's weird thinking that I'm at that age But I went to a Christian college when I met them So that median age is lower like 23 But I'll gladly grin and bear it I mean it's not like I'm in any rush to find love Been doing lots of working out and studying abroad So maybe it'll happen when I finally grow up Right now I'm trying to be fine Be quiet I am trying to learn how to love myself I was raised thinking that it would happen by now But I look in the mirror wondering how I provide For a family when I could barely care for myself Lately I've been trying to listen And take a lot of notes on all the things that I like So maybe when the right one stumbles into my life Maybe I'll be better prepared, maybe I'll know it outright Right now I'm trying to be fine quiet I ain't trying to learn how to 
to the people in the room, soul searching. You don't need another person to make you happy. You could do it just fine on your own. Raise a glass to the ones who ain't looking. To the people in the room, soul searching. You don't need another person to make you happy. Look into it this Thank you so much. That is a very good representation of uh, of some feelings. That um that feeling of being from just like not even just Christian college, but just like Christian circles in general. Like they pair off early, they get married real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, you know. Um, I. And you can probably, I i don't know how well you can attest to this now, having been married for how many years? Four years, yeah. Four years, wow, time really flies, dude. But I mean, like, it, it becomes in a way an expectation, you, th- you know? Yes. Um, having been a worship leader for a long time, you know, um, I've dealt with a lot of people who think that the the real expectation that you, for for someone to be on stage, for someone to be leading other people in in worship, is that you have to be married. You have to um, have, like, three or four kids, you know? Your your spouse has to look super boho, you know? and um, That's uh, a very uh, modern reference right there. <laughs> it is, you know, but boho I mean... Boho is it, very hip right now. I know, but am I wrong, you know? No, you're right. I mean, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah, no, um, and uh, I, I mean, you knew the culture that uh, I, I came out of, you know, having mm-hmm. um, led worship at a church that I used to lead at, and that was a common occurrence, especially with one of the elders who would look at me and be like, hey, Will, good morning, are you still single? Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's that's super forward, man. That's super forward. a hard forward. way to start a morning. It's a hard way to start a morning. Yeah, no, especially when it's like Valentine's Day weekend or like the holiday yeah. season when you're like supposed to, you know, and, and everyone in your family is like kind of asking, hey, you, you have a girlfriend yet, man? You have you have yeah. a you find someone yet? It's like, you right. know, on my own time. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot to be said about about all of that, I'm sure um, I would I would like to. um like get into like some of the some of the worship leading stuff because it is a very different vein of like being like in a ministry position in a church but also like still being a very talented musician in that scenario like um have you uh like what does that typically look like for you and do you um have have you been enjoying it like what's that experience been like for you over uh it's in galita right anthem uh, yeah, um, I've been leading on and off at Anthem Chapel in Goleta, California for like the ba- the past, uh, give or take about two and a half to three years. 
cool. And uh, it's just good to have um, a community that supports that, you know? Yeah. Um, for a long time, when you when you work as a professional musician, um, you, you, what I've realized, uh, having done it for um, uh, the past, goodness, about five to six years, you know, in various contexts, mm -hmm. is that there's a... Um, there's a surprising level of having to prove yourself hmm. um, in the sense of have, yeah, in the sense of having to prove that um, one, because I'm playing a lot of shows because I'm doing a lot of different gigs for the sake of uh, getting an income. Yeah. Um, that uh, I'm uh, there's a there's always a group of people that think that my leading worship at a church is just another gig. Hmm. Or that um, my faith in God um, is somehow based entirely on holding a position as a worship leader when in sure. reality it's not. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, I lead worship for the sake of leading worship, not for the sake of being a worship leader. Sure. Yeah. You know? And uh, they, you know this. There's a there's a distinct difference with that. Yes. And, um and that can especially be hard uh, out here when you're playing the Central Coast because a lot of the places that hire are wineries, breweries, bars, pubs, places that um, to uh, to uh, the untrained Christian eye, I guess, are um, the, the these these uh, nihilistic <laughs> um, uh, sin dungeons. I don't know what you would sure, call sure, it. Sure, you sure. know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. The, and the, um, the phrase "untrained Christian eye" was a good. That was a good phrase right there. Yeah, and um, that that's hard when you when it's like okay, I'm just trying to um, I'm just trying to make an income, you know. And uh, it, it affects how um, it certainly affects how I handle myself at stuff like that. You know, I I make an effort to not, for example, um, pick songs that I curse in. You know. Sure. Um, and, um, in a way it's also a great kind of exercise in self-control. Not that like you or I would go hard drinking, um, or, uh, at any of these sorts of, at any of these sorts of places. But right. I mean, like, you know, it does affect that to an extent, you know, it affects right. what I, um, like for example, uh, you know, I, I'm always kind of cognizant of how much, uh, free wine I, I have in my house. You know, you know, this right. having played, wineries too and because i have a lot of people over because i'm doing a lot of different things you know um it it, it becomes in a way um kind of an issue of um imagery of images of like mm -hmm. trying to make sure that you you look a certain way and that can get tiring after a while but if you're yeah. doing it for the right reasons it becomes a real fun practice and i guess self-control yeah so you i mean uh, earlier you mentioned having issues reading social cues and i feel like being a uh, a christian worship leader a, a single christian worship leader while also going out to the bars like you're dealing with tons of like unsaid social cues at that point like uh like having like it, it, I, I don't feel like it's um like it, you mentioned image but I, like with you i don't feel like it's so much of like curating an image so much as just like uh, making sure you're not going like too ham <laughs> at any at any one point in time. Um, yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, uh, I so personally, I've 
I've noticed like one of the benefits of um, like being married and like wanting to like be really professional when I am working uh, like getting like drunk on a gig is never really like an option because one it makes you sloppy um, like one one two three beers like typically totally fine but if you're getting like sloshed on a gig it's it I do think that it reflects poorly on you and then you can't drive home which is also just sucks um, yeah being, being home is awesome uh, oh no, I, I I agree with that. No, um, early on when I was doing this, um, um, one in a band, um, and two kind of leaving that band to start pursuing um, a solo thing. You know, mm-hmm. the the whole culture kind of it had to change. You know, the whole um, yeah. the whole paradigm had to shift for me mm-hmm. uh, because I realized I was starting to incorporate habits that weren't necessarily healthy. You know, when I was yeah. in the band that I was in, um, we were touring a ton. And there wasn't really a lot of accountability between me and the other members. And sure. so uh, it led to, you know, and um, that's kind of uh, going alongside having left uh, the college that I went to. I went to Westmont College. And when you leave any kind of Christian bubble, um, you start to you, you start to kind of like, okay, well, what do I do now? I guess this is my party phase, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and I think we've all gone through that in a sense. But uh, for me... Um, when I was like 21, 22, having been in this band, what I didn't realize um, up until later uh, when I was 23, 24 is that it was kind of a descent into alcoholism, hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and I didn't realize that until a friend pointed out, you know, okay, well, you're at an open mic, you've had like five beers, how are you still sober? <laughs> sure. You know, how are you still functioning? And it's like, okay, I've built up that much of a tolerance. I need to be way more cognizant of that. Oh, that's you know? a very interesting thing for a friend to notice at that point. Yeah. Being like, I I know that you're sober, but I know that your five beer is sober, which actually says something different. Yeah, no, and um, uh, I'm thankful that I had a great friend in that moment who who called me out on that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's, it changed kind of a lot for me, you know, because... Yeah. Um, you start to realize, okay, this is no longer something you're doing. I mean, it's still so much fun to do. That's not saying that I totally. don't play music for fun anymore. Yeah. But it's but if this is going to be my livelihood, yeah. then I have to treat it as such. I have to treat it with the esteem that it deserves and that it warrants. Yeah. If that makes any sense, you know? Totally. Yeah, that's the, like, moving into alcoholism, like, I... I love this um, subject <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because like, I don't I don't understand why it's taboo when it's so common, like, when kind of everybody has a story around it of like learning right. learning your own limits and learning your own uh, body and like learning the type of life you want to have like te- testing limits is a part of that. And exactly. F- for most people, alcohol. I mean, there's plenty of other drugs, but for a lot of people, it's alcohol. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, yeah. So what, what do you feel like alcohol was giving you? And at what point did you feel like it was taking something from you? I mean, I think the good news about it, um, to your point is that I think our generation and the generations after us are doing a much better job at talking about it. Yeah. You know? There's a lot to that, you know, I can talk about um, 
how uh, with Asperger's syndrome, for me, what happened, uh, what I what I had to learn ultimately through just kind of self reflection and in a way therapy mm-hmm. was, um, well, first up, it shouldn't be taboo, you right. know. Uh, I think the generations before us look at that and like, oh, you're going to therapy? What's wrong? Something's something's clearly fundamentally wrong with your psyche. You know, it's sure. it's become it became something that was very uh, weirdly twisted into something that it's not. Which, like, I recommend talking uh, talking through those feelings and unpacking that to a professional to anybody. You know, right. we all need yeah. it. Our generations and, all about it. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I I, uh, I realized this later as I um, started uh, kind of making a name more for myself along the Central Coast just as Will Bremen, not as, you know, me being part of a band, you know. Um, it, just kind of getting that confidence back in myself and who I was, you know, and who I am as a front man. You know, it's, it's, it's still taking a lot of time, you know, because... Uh, I think learning how I am on stage and how I am as a person is always going to be in flux because we're always growing, we're always learning, we're always, um, we're always trying out new things, or at least I am, you know? Right. Um, but uh, I think the big thing that came for me when it came to um, how much I drank at shows was that uh, a lot of it was um, to kind of... Uh, be somebody that I'm not. It became kind of the the, the term mm-hmm. liquid courage, yeah, if that yeah, makes yeah, any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I kind of used that in a way to um, uh, to uh, kind of put to the side all these uh, aspects about my personality and um, that that I didn't necessarily like about myself. Mm. Um, that I had to uh, eventually come to terms with and be okay with and. Uh, you know, really, uh, in a way, be proud of kind of the, the various quirks um, totally. that I do have, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, but in drinking, but in um, kind of descending into that, you know, it was a way to kind of hide all that stuff, but it, that's just kind of putting a Band-Aid on the problem, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's just postponing it. it. Exactly, you know, it's kind of postponing the inevitable self-reflection that I think we all have to do, you know? Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing that, and I think that's like, I think that's a lot of people's story. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, it, it's important to talk about it. I think the biggest thing when it comes to talking about um, addiction, when it comes to talking about um, mental illness, when all those things is that we we think w- when we don't realize it, you know, when we're new to it, and we think that we're the only person that ever has to deal with it, you sure. know. And uh, for me, having a support group and being open about it and uh, talking through those things and going to therapy and uh, ha- getting, the, getting those uh, tidbits, you know, to practice mindfulness and uh, to, to, to work on myself has been, it's been huge, you know, it's just been really yeah. huge. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be here without it, you know? Yeah. So some of the, I'd love to talk about some of these tools that you've learned um, just for like regulating mood like being able to like be in touch with yourself you talked about therapy and you just mentioned meditation or like m- mindfulness practice like what it, what does that look like for you uh lately it's been um lately it's been kind of acknowledging and doing what um what's called a state shift uh i don't know do you know who tony robbins is yeah tony robbins we we know him as this huge motivational speaker he's always on like level 10 energy and as an introvert i'm just like i can't deal with you Right. But um, I remember um, 
hearing this one from him and then later getting it kind of affirmed uh, through the therapist that I went to, uh, this idea of like going into, uh, it, we, we've all had those moments where we felt like super depressed, you know, right. that's what kind of helped that. That's what kind of led to me descending into that, that state, which is that I'd never really knew how to deal with that. And it's harder to deal with, you know, when uh, you also have this added, I don't know how to deal with social cues the way that people who are neurotypical would. Right. Um, so for me, one of the state shifts he does, you know, it, in a way, it's at first very counterintuitive, you know, where it's like you're, you're kind of acknowledging the depression for what it is and kind of imagining yourself like, what does that depression look like if you let's say you're feeling like on a scale of one to ten, like a seven, you know, what does that look like at level nine or level nine and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the exercise that he did that that completely changed, you know, my outlook on that was that it, you shift that to like, what is the best memory that you have? You know, yeah. uh, imagine those feelings. Um, imagine... Um, for for me, it it, it dealt with um, a person in a relationship, uh, a moment in in that relationship that I just cherish, you know. So I'm imagining uh, holding her hand, the way that her hand fit perfectly within mine, how I was breathing in that moment, what the lights and sounds were, you know, mm. and just kind of getting into that place and that sort of state shift, you know. When you start thinking about that, and when you start thinking that kind of positive thought, yeah. you know, when when you go back into that spot, you you uh, you start to realize that uh, those feelings that you had, that feeling of depression, that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of inadequacy, um, passes. It's not yeah. a permanent thing. Right. You know? And, uh, and a, especially w- with something like the pandemic, you know? Right. Um, and just kind of all the craziness that we've had this year, it's so easy to think like, wow, is this ever going to end? Right. Is this ever, you know, is this, is this something that's just permanent? Am I going to be feeling this for the rest of my life? Right. And it's just not, you know, because right. like there's, there's so much more uh, to life. Um, and there's so much more to people than just those moments. And when, um, when, when we're fixated on that, you know, it's hard to think of that in the moment, but when you kind of force yourself out of that via like a state shift exercise that, um, I got through Tony Robbins, you know, um, it's just different, you know, you start to realize there's a lot more well-roundedness to the life that you live. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I like the, I recently watched the, I am not your guru movie. Oh yes. I love crazy it. Where he, uh, he was doing that same state shift exercise where he was like, now I want you to picture, close your eyes, imagine the best sex you've ever had. And he was like, how were you breathing? What did you smell? What was she? Like? I was, I was one, I was wondering where this was going to like, cause that was part of Tony Robbins's thing. Like yeah. the, 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 the sentence that he uses is like, what is the biggest, remind yourself now, like go into that state where you've had the best orgasm you've ever had. Right. And it's like, ah, I leave worship. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can say that. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a place I should talk about or go into. It feels really like, no, we don't got to go into that. We don't have to go into that, but it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's that feeling, but it's also kind of more to that because he goes into those other things, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And he, (laughs) he, he was just showing like, I mean, the, the movie is 
amazing. <laughs> right. No, the, I, the movie is amazing. It, it blew my mind. I was like, I don't know how any one man has this much power, but yeah, <laughs> he definitely does. Um, yeah, it, it was just amazing watching how the man carried himself differently, how his shoulders, like, like his posture changed, his breathing was more regulated. And I was like, wow, that if there if there was ever proof for the concept, like it, the movie really, the movie really brings it out. Do you have any other um, other tools that that you use, um, sort of to to regulate mood or like um, regulate thought processes? Well, I mean, for me, a lot of it came through um, needing and um, perpetuating uh, a really strict kind of routine. Hmm. Um, when I was really going through it in my early 20s, I also noticed that I wasn't eating healthy. Yeah. Um, I was waking up at like 12 noon for stuff, oh. you know. Um, my sleep schedule was completely gone. I wasn't exercising as much. Like, um, and you could see it in like photos. Like I just looked different sure. and not necessarily in the best of ways, you know. Yeah. Um, and I a lot of it like it, it's more than just, you know changing your diet, having good sleep schedule, uh, exercising more regularly. But I mean, those provide a huge foundation. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and I got, uh, for me, um, I don't really do anything subtly, you know, <laughs> because I don't necessarily get social cues. You know this now having known me for as long as you do, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really do anything subtly because I don't know what subtlety is. I can't, I can't replicate that. <laughs> That's just a part of my brain that never formed. So yeah. when I, when I heard those things like changing your routine, I, it gave me the opportunity to be a little nutty with it, you know? Mm, so, um, uh, like I did this brute friggin' force thing where, um, I, uh, I went vegan. Um, you know, I, uh. I went vegan. I completely like aside from, you know, my mom is always going to cook a great Thanksgiving turkey. I have yeah, to yeah, provide, yeah. you know, you have to forgive yourself in some cases and provide room for that in my opinion. Yeah. But like when I'm at home, when I'm touring, when I'm doing all this, I went vegan. Um mm. just laid off the animal products and I noticed just that my head got lighter. It's not necessarily for everybody, but yeah. you know, the the reason why I did it is because so much of what goes into your brain comes from your blood, which comes from your gut, you know? Yeah. And so if I can control that, then maybe that provides a little bit of a sense of, uh, uh, I guess, level-headedness. Yeah. Um, but uh, not only that, I had to go from waking up at 12 noon to waking up at 4 in the morning, you oh, know, God. To, uh, to, to work out, to stretch, and uh, to get kind of my running in, or to go hiking, to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, part of that was like uh, for a while, like I made kind of a nutty promise to myself that for like a hundred days, I would just go see the sunrise every morning, Cool, you know, and I was living in Carpinteria at the time. So it was yeah. just an easy walk to go to the beach and have that moment uh, kind of um, we would call it like a God moment, you know, that sure. moment between you and God. But like yeah. for those like that moment of just Zen, that moment of just refreshing, you know. Mm. Yeah. And it became something that I look forward to. It's like sort of yeah. waking up with like positive affirmations in the morning, you know? Yeah. The um, sunrise is beautiful. I, it had been a while, like as soon as uh, it was like right before daylight savings happened, it was right. like my first time seeing the sunrise because it happened like at so late in the, <laughs> so late in the morning yeah. at that point. And I was like, wow, I haven't seen a sunrise in like a year. It's so beautiful. <laughs> 
Oh, no, we're blessed. We live in Santa Barbara where it's like, you know, there's never a bad one, you yeah. know, unless it's super cloudy. But like, sure. yeah, no, that that just, beca- that just became something that like I would look forward to. You know, we, we think of the, ah, oh, crap, I got to wake up at four in the morning, right? But then you have yeah. to, you, you put kind of a, you put like a reason to do it. Like I have to wake up this early, but I have the privilege mm-hmm. of doing this, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's changed a lot of other stuff, you know, once you kind of self-control in that sense becomes like a muscle that you have to work on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like I, I did it the brute force way. Whereas I think a lot or I think professionals would recommend that you like just do one thing at a time. Yeah. But it, when you work that out, when, when that muscle starts to develop and grow, it becomes a lot easier and you start applying that to other aspects of your life. Yeah. Man, and just knowing yourself, like knowing that you're not a man of nuance, like go- going, <laughs> like being able to embrace that and being like, great, I'm just going to change everything. I I feel like what you eat on tour is so important. And like, y- you and I have talked about oh, this. Oh, gosh, yeah. You and I have talked about this before, but you were saying um, like every meal being pizza and beer and which is like really great once and then it's just kind of monotonous and like you start to do it because socially it's weird to turn down pizza and beer right uh, it's like no 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 i'm actually i'm going to go like to this restaurant instead cuz you know i don't want mm-hmm. my i don't want to feel this way in the morning but it's like it's really important like it it gives you a steady baseline to work from and then you can actually focus and poop regularly <laughs> oh goodness oh my goodness I think my first tour with the with the band that I was in, like we we that's all that we would eat. Yeah, you know, and um, I I'm pretty sure like this is TMI, but I'm pretty sure there was a point in time during that tour, and we had toured for about six weeks, and I I, I think I can only count on one hand the times I actually was able to make a proper bowel movement <laughs> because because we ate like crap. We ate right, like yeah. crap. Yeah. We would and. I don't know how they did it, but like yeah. for for me, I just felt so. And, and I came back and I realized, like after six weeks, that I think I gained like ten to fifteen pounds. You wow. know, having done that, you know, yeah, something fantastic. had to change. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'm glad that it kind of did. Once uh, once I went vegan, I feel like naturally I dropped like between twenty to forty pounds wow. of weight. Wow. Like I I wear I wore it okay because like all my fat just like accumulates in like my stomach you know my arms have been always naturally really skinny so you don't see it yeah but like you know feeling that like you feel it in your body more my back felt suddenly like really um really well rested you know um my knees weren't hurting as much you know um and that all plays kind of into your mental state, you know. You yeah. the goal there is to always make it worth it to wake up in the morning. And when you know you're going to wake up in pain, you know there's always kind of a portion of you that's like, ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. crap, you know. Yeah. But um, having done that, you know, it's it's just kind of it's all this stuff that we don't typically think about because it should be kind of obvious to us. Hmm. You know what I mean? But when you realize it, and when you're active in like intentionally creating those routines, you know, it starts to become, your head just starts to become lighter. At least that's what I've experienced. Yeah. No, I, I entirely agree, especially when it comes to food, especially just because you're, you're giving yourself 
uh, like your body isn't fighting the food that it's eating. It's actually being mm. nourished by the food that it's eating. So, so it's actually, it, it's going to be able to function a little bit better. You're not going to be like in a, in a uh, grease hangover or anything. Um, oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I know that there's a ton of songs that you've already written and put out, but I know that you write a ton, a ton, a ton of songs and, um, most of them not being put out. Uh, is there anything that you're excited about or interested in playing right now that you haven't put out? Sure. Um, I can do one. Uh, do you want me to do something super folksy or uh, you can go any, any way you want. Okay. Cause I feel like the, uh, I feel like quiet is a little bit more high energy for me. So, um, I want to, I'll do, uh, I'll do like a super moody folky cool. folky thing. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think with the pandemic, like, um, you know kind of the songs that I wrote in my last band, and I was planning on making that into its own project to put out next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, the issue being, you know, that would require a whole band in a studio, so uh, we've had sure. to put that on pause, but it's given me opportunity to kind of work on a couple other projects. Um, and uh, one of those projects is just me going back kind of into writing more folky music that I used to write when, uh, for those who don't know, I was a banjo player in a folk band. Um, and, uh, this is one of those, um, uh, just, uh, another one of those examples of me trying to be really introspective, um, especially in my relationships and especially in my friendships. And, uh, this is just kind of, um, uh, a study in that, uh, it's a song that I wrote called Timing. And I don't know when I'm going to put it out, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to make a pun on the, t- the the name timing, so I'm trying not to. You know, but the the, the timing will be right. It, it'll happen. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm a singer. I write songs, but timing's never been my thing. Found a goddess, radiance flowing, kind blue eyes gleaming through me. And when I finally mustered words, she was already out of reach. I should not have waited. I should not have waited. I was filled with spellbound weightlessness when I naively pressed. I ignored what should be obvious. She was never interested. Probably running for the door while I couldn't get it through my head. It never could have happened. No, it never could have. And it ain't worth the effort trying to justify my own self pity. I just wish I saw the cues that normal people do more clearly. I was way too hopeful things for once would work out in the end. And that isn't me. Realization hit too late and weightless feeling sunk to shame Shut out everyone I could, would not be vulnerable again She still saw me with disgrace, I'll never fully understand But I don't deserve it, I did not deserve it Cause there's no virtue in persisting when you can't change people's feelings I'm still working to forgive myself and love without receiving and ultimately she deserves to be happy in the end But if that isn't me 
that isn't me. If that isn't me. It's not about me being right or some status to uphold It's about me being present, loving hard and nothing more She deserves that, she deserves that, hope she feels that grace returned What more could I ask for? 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 Here. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Well, dude, I feel like that's my favorite song I've ever heard you write. That song is oh, really, dude. really beautiful. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you, man. Thank you. No, it's, it's just fun, you know? It, it's what we keep saying. I think um, every writer um, has to kind of go through this, uh, kind of, I don't want to call it an internal conflict, but like the idea of being relatable versus putting in, um, your own kind of life experience, you mm -hmm. know? Cause like on one extreme, you know, I, I know that I write songs that can be overly specific, can be overly descriptive <laughs> sure. for the sake of trying to paint like the best picture of what I was feeling as much as possible. Yeah. And that risks people kind of having it go over their heads. But on the other end of it, you know, we we can name so many different songs on the radio, um, on um, playlists, on where wh whatever we listen to music on, that you hear the lyrics and they're just so freaking trite, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, there's like no effort put into it, you know? Yeah. Um, and for me, it's always kind of been... If, if, uh, too specific is like to the left and like not specific enough is to the right, I've always wanted to try and get somewhere like left of center. Yeah. 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 Where it's enough to where people are drawn in, but also enough to where it's like, it's sort of like, um, tell me if this is how you, uh, may in a way view, uh, the projects that you've put out. But if I'm putting out a project, I always want it to be kind of like a book that people open, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a way it's sort of transporting them to somewhere else and, uh, you know, and it's kind of giving them something that maybe they feel, but like they want to see it, uh, kind of outside of themselves. But I, I, I don't know. That's just kind of, that, that's just kind of what it was for me. You know, it's, uh, it's one, in one sense, you're trying to be relatable, but on the other end, it's like, well, this is who I am. And, uh, this is kind of the emotion that I want to set. And this yeah. is the, the, these are the things that I want to say. Yeah. I, I think that, um, like, be, because you are so skilled with guitar and just have a lot a lot of music knowledge, I feel, I feel like oh, that song you. does a really good job of showing that off without it, w but only in the way that it, like, adds to the song. Anytime, like, when you're saying, like, da -da 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 -da, like, that, that chord, uh, like, 
in a lot of contexts would be like a show-offy chord, but it really complements uh, the emotion of the line, which is uh, exactly what you want. Like <laughs> you want the music to match the emotion, and you want it to all fit and like have its own have its own little little groove. Yeah, and I mean, like it's it's kind of wanting to again be in that middle ground because I think we all know um, we all have guitar fr- guitarist friends who will like do every technique in the book, you know. <laughs> sure. Um, and in a way it becomes, you start to, uh, at least for me, you start to no longer appreciate the musicality behind it. And you start to think like, wow, this is really self-serving, you know? And, um, I mean, I've always been, I've always been one to, you know, try and get better at guitar and to try and uh, be as good as I can on my instrument, you know, for the sake of being a good accompanist for myself when I don't have a band with me or when... You know, it's just me and my guitar and not like my looper board and when it's all kind of stripped back. But it's never been from the sense of like, I'm just going to show off my technique. I'm going to show off how much I know. Mm. You know, that's just not how good songs get written. You know, that's how that's how uh, complex songs get written. Yeah. And sometimes there's a need for that, you know. But um, when, when I'm trying to write good, honest music, you know, um, th- th- there's always kind of a give and take. No, I totally agree. Um Right now we're about we're about at an hour, so this is typically typically when I close out. Um, is there anything that you wanted to um, promote or uh, bring up, like have people be on the lookout for? Well, this is kind of fun. This is like we went through a whole podcast and we didn't mention the voice once. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Mendeleev uh, probably felt that way too. I don't know, but uh, but uh, no. Um, well, what can I promote? I mean. I have my Instagram. You can find me on all social media under the same handle, Will Bremen Music. My last name is spelled B-R-E-M-A-N, Will Bremen Music. You can find me on my website, willbremenmusic.com. Um, if I ever post shows, once we get back into doing that, that's where you go. Um, I'm working on a couple new projects right now. Uh, we're going to be releasing some new music in February, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I just put out a lovely uh, cover of a Spice Girls song so you know there. the one. Oh yeah no um you've heard you've heard that song in various contexts for like how like five years many, now many that's a cra- year yeah that's crazy to to think that it's been that long and it's been like it's just still stayed a part of my life and a part of what i do out here you know for that long um but we recorded it in nashville and um it's exactly how it's always been like supposed to have been in my head you know that that's the arrangement cool. that they're doing but we we recorded that and we put that out in September, um, and it's on um, all the music platforms. Look that up. Um, my my EP, the Santa Barbara Soul Music EP, is also in the same spot. And uh, yeah, you know, continuing to write songs, continuing to do stuff, you know, um, just kind of continuing to to live uh, the best life that we can out here in Santa Barbara. Great. Um, you also just turned twenty seven, correct? Uh, yes, I did. That was last week. Yeah, um, so happy uh, belated birthday as well. Oh, dude, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Um, and also to to conclude us and to make sure, like I, like as a man, also lacking some nuance, I would love to say some things to you just directly. Um, mm-hmm. You obviously people talk to you about your talent and your musical ability and your skill in music and all of these things, but I think that your story has. Um, so much power for people 
who deal with the same thing. Like, it's not just people with Asperger's or autism who, like, deal with this kind of a thing. Like, people people have trouble regulating their moods. People feel like aliens all the time. And I think that you are someone who uh, obviously, like, feels it so much, like, experiences it so much more intensely than other people. And I, like, you right now, like, compared to when I first met you, not only are you even more talented and better at all these things, but, like, you... you, I'm I'm telling (laughs) you, like, the the truth is that you, you look better and stronger, and I think that you've set yourself up for a solid life, like, moving forward. And I'm excited, and I, I feel very positively, and I think you're going to do well. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm really optimistic because of the work you've put in that you're going to have this really um, positive, fulfilling life moving forward. Dude, that really means a lot. Thank you. And honestly, man, I could say the same um, about you, dude. Like. I, I'm always, every time I've seen you play, um, I'm always reminded of when we had first met in that random lot um, on that one side of uh, Embarcadero del Norte. Yeah. You know? Not a and, venue. Um, not, not a venue, just like a taco shop that's no longer a taco shop. Yeah. And um, I didn't, I, I, well, first up, like the, the thing that I'm sure you get all the time and I know you get all the time. I'm like, wow, this 18 year old kid, he's really good. Right. <laughs> and it turns out you're older than me. Right. Um, but, uh, on top of that, like, I remember hearing some of the songs you were writing and like thinking, wow, there's so much potential there. And, uh, to see you transform as an artist, the way that you have, uh, it's really inspiring. It's definitely shaped how I write, you know, it's definitely shaped kind of the concepts that I used to not feel comfortable going into that, you know, well, if Connor is doing this and if my friends are doing this, well, heck, why, why shouldn't I do that? You know? And I think that's the beauty of the, you know, well, one, who you are as a person, you know, and, um, you're, you're always, you've always to me been just so positive and so affirming of other people and just so humble in your own abilities when you're clearly, you know, one of the best out here too. You know, I, I really do believe that. Um, and uh, I don't know, I guess it's just been really cool to see this friendship blossom and just to see each other grow, you know, yeah. and um, I hope that I hope that continues, you know, yeah. I, I think I think us as well as some other young people playing the Central Coast, you know, we've really created a culture out here where um, where it's not like L.A., you know, and having grown right. up in, in L.A. that it's it's competitive, it's cutthroat, you know, having been on a show like The Voice or American Idol in your case, you know, you see that firsthand mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like we've created, um, we and, um, a bunch of other, uh, really awesome musicians have created this environment where we're all kind of supporting each other. Yeah. And it's like this one big, happy, crazy family. And, um, I really do feel that. And I can't wait to see where that leads. Yeah, me too. I think it's a great base. I think this is, has been an amazing community to start off with. And it's really mm-hmm. nice to, anytime we can't do a gig, be able to pass the work off to each other, knowing that the other person's going to knock it out of the park, and then we're going to look good for recommending them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, th- th- that's, uh, we, we need to make a business out of that, yeah. <laughs> right? Eventually, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Awesome. Sweet. I'm going to clap. And there we go. That's it. That was fun.